Welcome to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. It's Mika here, so let's just jump into it. Uh, This week, I wanted to uh, highlight Black Excellence, and my highlight this week, it goes to uh, Simone Manuel. Um, I was first introduced to her during the Olympics, where she became the first Black woman to win an Olympic gold medal in swimming. This past week at the World Championship, she became the first woman to take home seven medals at one single World Championship. I was looking through on Twitter, uh, perusing, and she also tweeted after the World Championships, um, by no means was this a perfect meet, but that's okay. I had to bounce back from adversity and trust in God's plan. Failure isn't final if you stay the course and keep fighting. I'm pretty dang proud of myself. All glory to God. Always an honor to be part of Team USA. I thought that was really dope and it's really exciting to watch her swim. If you haven't uh, checked her out, you know, you definitely should look that up and look at all the medals that she won over the past um, week at the World Championships. I also want to shout out uh, my girl, Monica. Uh, She's back. Her album's coming out this fall, but her single commitment is actually, it's been number one, I think, for the the second or third week. I think we're going into the third week. Um, on the Billboard Adult R&B Songs uh, airplay chart. So I think that's super dope. And I'm really excited for her CD. I'm a big Monica fan from uh, back in the day. But she's also always had good music all throughout. So I'm happy to see that. Um, I want to jump into some highlights that I had um, from the current weekend. I actually rearranged my whole show today because uh, it was some stuff that was kind of on my mind. But last night... um, I started last week watching Fix My Life and it was a two part. I think it was I think the episode was called Pride and Prejudice maybe. Um but it was a two part. And so I was watching the second part of Fix My Life and this episode uh touched on a family where the mom disapproved of the husband of the husband's wife and basically had an unhealthy relationship with the son. So deeper into the episode, um episode 2 particularly part 2, the son tells the mom how when he was six, he was walking home and while while passing through the park, a man approached him and raped him in the bushes in the park and, you know, described how it felt for him to basically continue to walk home alone and then come home, come home to an empty apartment and how alone he felt. And he basically, um, you know, was laying out his emotions and his soul to his mom. So, currently on a show he's an adult now but in that moment you saw that six-year-old boy that was alone and hurt and wanted love from his mom and she was still incapable of showing him love and in turn she only focused on herself and not wanting to be painted as a bad parent or blame for his experience instead of trying to hear his experience watching this last night I literally had chills you know because it the hurt was just so raw and you can just see it and it was just crazy to me that you know, she, the mom just did not understand it, you know, or wasn't even trying to understand, um, or even comfort him at all. Um, on fix my life is most times she, sometimes she'll say, Oh, you know, you need to seek a therapist and, you know, she might give that advice. Sometimes she feels like she's kind of fixed the problem or she'll leave them with tools to take home to kind of fix the problem. But on this scenario, this is actually one that she actually told the mom, like the fact that you are so 
cold and and shut off you know emotionally in a moment that your son is basically saying he needs you you actually I actually feel like you need to seek therapy and start doing healing for yourself because you're no good for him in any kind of capacity at this point presently so I thought that was um it was actually really good tv um but that led me to my uh thought of the week so my thought of the week is centered on love languages and the question is how do we know if we're speaking each other same language? Um, it's funny because I actually often have this conversation about love languages. It's actually my favorite discussion to have with people. And it helped me a lot with how I interact in my personal love relationship, as well as my relationship with my family and friends. Um, I'm going to go over love languages as far as from a couple standpoint, but I also want to point out that I think sometimes we automatically correlate love languages with couples. But you can also uh, take the love language test with children, especially, you know, when they start getting a little older, you know, going into teenage years or teenage years. In my current relationship, um, I'm honored to be in a role of a co-parent. And in my case, um, I think it's beautiful because I was welcomed in and we made the choice to love each other. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I, at times I am still nervous um, because uh, I take it serious with the responsibility of having a hand in raising a child. And for me, I'm always cognizant or trying to make sure that I'm always setting a good example or um, I probably put more pressure on myself just because it's like, you know, um, I have a teenager in the home and, you know, they see everything and they're right now, this is the important time where they're really being molded into her, they're going to be in life. And so um, I'm always nervous that, you know, am I doing something wrong? Or I feel like sometimes I need to circle back and make sure that, you know, we understand each other. We're on the same page. So, um, so when coming to the situation, you know, I pretty much am a person that can understand like my role, um, and also boundaries, you know, and, but the one thing that I felt that I can control, um, is my ability to love and show love. So one afternoon, um, we sat down and we took the love languages test that was geared towards parents and children. Um, it was, for me, it was a really dope experience. I think that he got something out of it too. Um, cause I think it strengthens our, it strengthens our bond and it helped us kind of understand each other. Um, I actually learned in regards to myself that, which I didn't, I never knew because I never taken it from a different standpoint outside of a couple standpoint that my love languages were different when it came from a parent child standpoint. And it gave me insight on what, lo what love looks like for him from a parent standpoint, like what, how does he want to be loved? And I think for me, this aspect is something that I take serious because I know, you know, just thinking about with my parents, I don't really think that they really thought about, um, if, if they were speaking, um, me and my siblings, same language in regards to love. I think they just show love the way they were show love. And that was pretty much it. And, you know, I've definitely learned that everybody love is different. So um, I, I thought it was important for me to have this exercise with him. But it also was enlight enlightening, you know, because I learned um, I learned his three top love languages. And, um, you know, one of them was that he is a physical touch person. So he desires, you know, uh, he desired more affection. So after, you know, we took this quiz um, we made it a point of, you know, when he leave for school or come home from school or even random moments, um, we give more hugs. And, you know, for me, um, I, I never thought even before this that it was something that even I felt would, you know, 
do like be a positive experience for me, but it actually is because it, it warms my heart, you know, when I'm, when I'm working and he comes in and just gives me a hug, you know, and, and I think, you know, if we never would have taken this test, I probably would have never really put like that much thought into it. You know, we hugged before, but we didn't really, I guess now we're, I think we're more intentional. Um, I also learned that he's a worst affirmation person. So that helped with how I communicate with him. And I'm a lot more patient and gentle and I try to seek understanding, um, you know, in regards to how he feel. And so I feel like now we have more of a conversation, um, a lot more conversation actually before, you know, I'm just jumping to, um, conclusion or just jumping down his throat about something. I think it's important to just sit and talk. And I also learned that he's a gentle spirit and it's actually really nice. Um, and so yelling and, you know, uh, overly fussing is not really something that, um, he really enjoys. And it's, I don't really think it's something that it even really, he really takes heed to. So it helped with, um, just changing how we communicate with each other. Um, and also in, inside of the house. And I also learned that, um, which I think most kids probably, he loves receiving gifts. So for me, it wasn't just about, um, because he has everything, but it wasn't really about, you know, the big material items or big ticket items. It was more so, um, you know, sometimes I try to sprinkle in little gifts, like a random sweet snack from the store or something random that I picked up. Um, like one time I brought him home a black power button that he put on his book bag and he loved, and it's just small stuff. Just saying like, I'm thinking about you. And, um, you know, we've never had a difficult relationship, but this experience, I think strengthened the bond and, um, it also gave insight on, gave him more insight on my perspective and feelings, as well as, um, my perspective and feelings about him and, and what was needed. And I think it helped. So I encourage anyone with kids to do this love language exercise with them. And, you know, it's a simple Google search and, you know, just make sure that you're doing the love language test that's geared towards um, kids. I think I found one that I believe that I think I found one that was for teenagers, the one that we did. So, um, I always like to tell people that they have kids because I'm like, you know, you can do that with your kids. And it's actually pretty, uh, pretty cool to do. I thought it was a really dope experiment. So what are love languages and uh, why are they important um, to understand a relationship? Uh, when I first started um, couple therapy, this was actually our first exercise was understanding what each other love language was. And to be honest, um, I had read some stuff, you know, uh, I think in the past on love languages, but I don't really think it was anything that I really paid much attention to. I know in none of my other relationships, I don't think I ever paid attention to the love language or if I was speaking the same language or even if they were speaking my language um, at all. And I think that's where I've kind of matured in uh, some of my, in, in my love relationship, because um, I definitely think it's important because, you know, you can't like, if I had a relationship you know, I was in another relationship, you know, seven, eight years ago. And in that relationship, you know, I can't bring in my present relationship and try to love the same way that I loved in that one, because it's not the same person. And so everybody is different and everybody has different love languages and ways that they desire to be loved. And so, you know, say I'm a person that hypothetically say I'm a person that, you know, gives big gifts. And that's the way I show love, you know, through material items. Well, I could be dating somebody that doesn't really care about material items. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm, you know, marking off every box and I'm doing all this sweet stuff and I'm doing all this, you know, extraordinary things, but 
I'm not really actually speaking to the love language that is theirs. And so in actuality, you know, I'm not really speaking their language, even though in my mind, I think that I'm, I'm great. So that was our first exercise that we did in, in couple therapy. And it helped because I don't think neither one of us really put, put much thought into, um, what each other like as far as, um, like our love languages and if we were speaking the same language. So I'm going to go over, um, the five, uh, love languages. And this is a simple Google search that you can look it up and you can also get the book too, but you can, you can read more, um, about this, uh, if you want to get a deeper level of understanding. So the first, uh, love language is words of affirmation. This love language expresses love with words that build up your partner. Verbal compliments don't have to be complicated. The shortest and simplest praises can be the most effective. For example, that dress looks incredible on you. You always make me laugh. I love your hair today. Words mean a lot if your partner has this love. So compliments and I love you can go a long way. And on the other side, negative and insulting comments can hurt your partner and it can take them longer to forgive than others. Um, I don't think in the past for me, I was ever really a big words affirmation person, but I've learned that as I've gotten older, that, um, I, I, that's one of actually one of my tops is words of affirmation. So, um, because I, I, I spoke in the last, uh, my last episode that I can be a holder and, um, I'm realizing that the reason why I hold on to things is because sometimes when you, you know, you say things, that person might apologize to you, but you know, if you're a words affirmation person, it might linger a little longer in your spirit, you know, or you're now you're insecure thinking, well, I know they were upset, but did they really mean the stuff that they said? So for me, you know, I'm more aware of even that that's my love language. And sometimes I'm like, Mika, you know, let it go. You know, you're, you're kind of in your head a little bit because I, I can do that. So number two is acts of service. Your partner might have this love language if their motto is actions speak louder than words. This love language expresses itself by doing things that you know your spouse would like. For instance, cooking a meal or doing laundry and picking up a prescription are all acts of service. They require some thought, time, and effort. All of these things must be done with positivity and with your partner's ultimate happiness in mind to be considered an expression of love. Actions out of obligation and with a negative tone are something else entirely. So for me, um, I learned that, you know, as a parent, that's actually one of my, um, love languages as a parent, you know, when, when, uh, you know, they do something without you even asking them to do it. Number three is receiving gifts. This love language isn't necessarily materialistic. It just means that a meaningful or thoughtful gift makes your partner feel appreciated and loved. Something as simple as picking up a pint of their favorite ice cream after a long work week can make a huge impact. This is different than acts of service. Those are purely helpful in taking the work off of your partner's plate. So I think this is something in my house that we, um, we do a lot back and forth. Um, and it's more, you know, small things. I love, um, flowers. And so, um, I think if you wanted to make me happy or surprise me in some kind of way, um, bringing home some flowers for the house or for my office, um, is actually my favorite, um, which is surprising. It surprises most people when I tell them that, but yeah, that's actually, um, uh, but it's not a, a big, it's not a high love language for me though, but I do like getting random things sometimes. So just to know that, you know, the person's thinking about you. Um, number four is quality time. This love language is all about undivided attention. 
no televisions, no smartphones or any other distractions. If this is your partner's love language, they don't just want to be included during this period of time. They want to be the center of your attention. They want their partners to look at them and them only. This doesn't mean that you don't curl up on a couch to watch Netflix or HBO. It just means that you need to make sure to dedicate time together without all of the distractions. That will help them feel comforted in a relationship. Every time you cancel a date, postpone time together, or aren't present during your time together, it can be hurtful to your partner. This is actually my number one love language. Um, during couple therapy, uh, we actually um, were given the homework that we still do of 30 minutes, um, basically undisturbed time where, you know, we're supposed to sit and talk or, um, or even just, just lay together, um, with no TV, no, no anything and just kind of be with each other. And, um, we don't always do that all the time, but we try to make a point of doing that in some kind of capacity, um, whether we, um, we go to the pool, um, or times that we go out on dates, uh, we've mandated that we don't have phones, you know, um, and even sometimes when we're watching TV, uh, well, most times, especially when we come together at night and we're watching TV, um, we have made it to where we are, we're now on our phones. And sometimes, you know, obviously you might get a text or two, but for the most part, we try to be intentional with the time. And this is my number one love language. And so, um, when I first went over love languages, I was like, oh, wow, like I, that really is me. And I really do get that because I love going on dates and I love spending time and I love feeling like that, you know, it gives us that moment to connect outside of, you know, um, the household stresses or work and everything else. So um, I think that's really important. And that was, you know, important to me. And number five is physical touch. To people with this love language, nothing is more impactful than the physical touch of their partner. They aren't necessarily into over over the top PDA, but they do feel more connected and safe in a relationship by holding hands, kissing, hugging, etc. If physical touch is your partner's primary love language, they will feel unloved without physical contact. All the words and gifts in the world won't change that. And physical touch is actually my number two. And so I'm not. And, and what's funny is I'm not a big PDA person. Like I'm not a. I don't really do the whole um, kissing and making out in public, but I am very much a holding hand. Um, hugging type person. Um, and you know, even something as simple as, you know, while you're watching TV, you know, holding hands or, you know, maybe cuddling or even, you know, sometimes when we're out to eat, just placing your hand over the other person's hand. You know, I know sometimes I think when people go over physical touch, they automatically think that you're saying, you know, sex, but you know, intimacy is so much more than just sex. And, um, for me, um, that was actually my number two, cause I'm very much, you know, a lover. So, um, I think that's important in every relationship. So I think knowing your, you and your partner's love language would definitely help in, you know, strengthening your bond in a relationship. Um, I always tell people when, you know, I'm talking to them about their relationship, you know, if you feel that you're speaking the wrong language or maybe, you want to gain a deeper gain a deeper insight of your partner, you know, I implore you to take the love language test and and start there. Because honestly, you know, when 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 in my relationship we were having communication issues, that was where we started to figure out what exactly is the problem because we knew it wasn't love. We knew it had to be something else. And, you know, to be honest, the main problem was that we definitely were not speaking each other language, you know. And even for myself, you know, I thought the things that I was doing were good, you know, and it wasn't that it was bad. It's just, it wasn't beneficial 
towards that the my present relationship because I wasn't speaking you know their language and so um you know that's something to think about and so that was my uh thought of the week I just wanted to leave with that because you know I think that you know we all could you know take time to really um you know love each other more and before you walk away from a situation or just say that you know this is not working maybe you should take the time to really make sure that you know, you're doing everything that you can to possibly understand why this may not be working. Um, so that's what I have for thought of the week this week. I also wanted to, um, take time out and just, you know, send prayers and thoughts to all the families affected by the mass shooting that occurred this weekend in America. Um, you know, it's very heartbreaking and sad and, you know, we need to hate less and love more and, you know, just be kind to each other. I thank you so much for listening to It's Just My Thoughts. It's Mika here, and I appreciate you.